We're going to look at the life of Joshua. There are aspects of his life, his faith, his call that I believe are applicable to our lives in several different ways. And the series title that we're launching into is Possessing Your Promise, Possessing Your Promise. And today we're going to talk for just about the next 20 minutes on preparing for his plan in your life. If you know anything about the life of Joshua, you know that God called on him to lead a group of people after he had served a great leader for quite a while. The book of Joshua talks about the kind of man that he was. He was a man of prayer, following Moses around and helping Moses everywhere Moses would go, Joshua would go and and would pray. And when Moses was on Mount Sinai and the forging of the golden calf was taking place, Joshua remained on the mountainside praying. And when Moses went into the tabernacle of God, Joshua remained praying, often after Moses had gone, before he became a public figure. One of great leadership, Joshua lived a private life of prayer. When Moses died and Joshua assumed responsibility for Israel, he continued a life of humble prayer. And through his personal relationship with God, Joshua was directed and empowered to lead the nation Israel, to conquer enemy nations and kings, even on one occasion to command the sun and moon to stand still. I want you to know that these type of things happen in people who have been prepared by God to live the promises of their life. Public success of Joshua didn't come from his might, it didn't come from his intellect, it didn't come from his natural giftings, but it came from a private humility before Almighty God that prepared him so that the exploits that he would do through God would give God glory and not Joshua. He found victory when he fought on his knees, and so too should we. And rather than spending a lot of time this morning setting this up, let me just get into some things that we need to know. As we go through this study, you're going to discover that many things are mentioned, like Egyptians and Jordan rivers and Jericho walls. And perhaps today, I would ask you this question, do you have any Egyptians in your life, people around you that simply are making life miserable? Now, don't show by a show of hands and don't look around. Specifically, don't look at husbands and wives. But maybe in your life today, you have Egyptians that are making things hard. Maybe there are some things that would qualify in your life to be like Jordan Rivers in front of you, things that seem impossible for you to cross over. Maybe you have Jericho walls up against you and you wonder if they'll ever come down and perhaps you have battles and struggles and valleys and mountains that you need to hear what Joshua heard, that there's a moment in time when God will say, be strong and of good courage and you can stand up in the authority of the Word of God and begin to move on from the places that you have been so that the Lord can begin to win some battles in your life and can begin to apply the promises of His Word to you in such a way that you can get out of the the depression and discouragement and start living in victory. Does that sound good to you? Wonderful. Then turn, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. The Scripture declares this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid. Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am about to give to them. 
to the Israelites. How many of you have known the experience of living in survival mode? You just want to make it through the day. Some of you know that. How many of you know the feeling of waking up in the morning and feeling incomplete or empty inside, even perhaps after a time of devotions, of reading the Word and prayer, yet there's just this emptiness inside of you that has been difficult to shake? Have any of you felt like that? Because I want you to know something. Those things happen to us, but that is not what God wants for us. God has made significant promises to you through His Word and through His Spirit, and these are not dead promises. They are alive now as much as ever. And the promises show you that what you were made for and your ultimate purpose in life is to live in such a way that God uses you in greater ways than you've experienced in the past, but He will do it in such a way that when people look at your life, there will be the distinct recognition that you can't do this on your own. There must be something going on, and we know it's the hand of God moving as He moves towards us and through us. So how can you know these promises and how can you see them come to pass in your life? I believe that the steps will become clear as we examine the life of this leader named Joshua. How God taught him courage and faith to take the reins from a spiritual giant in Moses and moves God's people into their promised possession. And if you have your bulletin, there's a a very brief outline there for you that if you want to begin to jot down some notes as I quickly go through some points this this morning. The first thing that you're going to recognize in the life of Joshua is that he possessed a servant's heart. He possessed a servant's heart. Behind every great accomplishment for God, first comes a great season of preparation. Some of you have experienced this. You were prepared that you were to be in prayer because you know that something was coming that you were going to need the strength of the Lord for. And so he led you into a season of preparation, whether it be a preparation in prayer, whether it be preparing our family for something, whether it would be preparing us through promises of the word. But you knew that God was preparing you for something. We get a hint of this in Joshua 1.1. When it says that after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, and it describes him as Moses' aide. Now, depending on the version of the Bible that you use, it might be Moses' servant or his aide or his helper or his minister, and all of them convey the idea that before Joshua became a leader, he first had to demonstrate how to live as a servant. Joshua knew... That servanthood was not about him shining, but about helping others to shine. Helping Moses to shine. He spent years serving Moses. He spent years helping Moses, protecting Moses, praying for Moses, praying with Moses, so that Moses could accomplish the will of God that he placed within his heart as a leader and in his ministry. And for 40 years he knew what it was like to serve the man of God before God ever tapped him on the shoulder for service himself. It was in this humble season of his life that he learned what it would take to become a good leader because he saw it firsthand. He knew the stresses that Moses was under. He knew the conversations that took place between Moses and God because he'd been there ministering to Moses during this time. It was because he had served so closely That he was aware what leadership would require of him that kept him humble and on his knees in prayer and dependent. 
We live in a day and age when people want to know how quickly I can get to a leadership position rather than how quickly I can become a servant. I had a conversation with a pastor friend of mine this week who told me of a conversation that he had with a man who had wanted to become a deacon in his church. He accosted accosted the pastor and and one of the deacons in anger when he found out when the list came out that his name was not on it. And in the foyer in front of a bunch of people, he began to yell at the pastor and the other deacons. And he said, the reason the church is going downhill is because nobody recognizes real leaders like me. And nobody recognizes that you need to give us power so that we can stand up and fix this place. There are times... When in our faith walk, God requires of us to humbly serve so that we can see leadership from a second chair before God elevates us to places of influence. If you have a faith that won't submit to serving others, then you have a faith that won't allow you to grow and accomplish what God wants to do in your life through His promises. I will admit to you that the most important preparation And in fact, the most enjoyable days of my ministry through these last 35 years have been in times when I was not the lead pastor, but at times when I was an associate. I got to work with such great men of God that I could have stayed their helper forever if I didn't have to stand before God someday and give an account. Wonderful years of serving Cindy's father when he was in the ministry and others who I got to watch them and I got to see them in times of decision. I got to pray for them and I got to help them to shine. And it was in those times that I learned what it took to become a leader. And I'm thankful for those servant years because it changes you like nothing else. Some may be saying, well, I've I've never heard of serving others as a part of faith. Well, that's why so few people walk in faith or manifest great faith because It's easier to listen to messages on faith than it is to release your faith through serving others. Paul discussed this problem in the letter to the Philippians when in Philippians 2, 19 through 22, he said this, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon that I also may be cheered up when I receive news about you. For I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son of his father, he has served me in the work of the gospel. You see, Timothy served Paul. Paul served Barnabas. The disciples served Christ. Elisha served Elijah. And Joshua served Moses. So we quickly learned that serving others is an important dynamic of biblical faith. It prepares you... To possess God's plan, it prepares you to receive God's promises once you have learned to grasp servanthood. So here's what I ask you. Who is doing what you would like to do? And how can you serve them and help them to shine while you are in training by serving a leader that you would like to be around? one of the first questions that you begin to ask because in possessing a servant's heart you find an important piece of seeing God's plan fulfilled within your life the second point that we learn within this passage is that you're going to have to prevail over the past maybe your past is holding hostage 
your future this morning. Maybe you have been living in the shadow of other people. Joshua certainly knew what it was like to live inside of a great shadow, the shadow of Moses. So God had to give Joshua a pep talk. And here's the way it sounded. The Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, now this might not seem like a great pep talk. But understanding from the perspective of Joshua, there was an emotional context to this where the finality of the word of God had to come to him. And he was trying to say to him, listen, your time of serving Moses is over because he's dead and he's not coming back. I've used him for all I wanted to use him. He's moved on. My servant is dead. It's time for you to stand up and walk in your promise. And within that statement, Moses' great leadership and the shadow of it was moved off and Joshua's role as a servant began to elevate him to a place of leadership because he could easily have doubted himself after following such a great leader that I could never measure up. I want you to know something. Do not get caught up in comparisons with other people. It's so easy for us to sit back when we think maybe I will never be as good as somebody that went before me. God didn't make you the same way as he made those who came before you. Basically, God was saying, get a hold of yourself here, Joshua. Anything that you may have thought would be intimidating about Moses or restrictive to you in your relationship with Moses is now gone. Don't compare yourself. But I want you to understand, the past is gone. My hand is now upon you. There's a new anointing and a new direction and new promises that I have for you. Stand up and walk in them. Now, you'll notice that God didn't make any negative comments about Moses here. He merely acknowledged the truth that this was a time of transition for Joshua, and he needed to step into it. Walking in the shadow of a towering mentor like Moses could have restricted his future. But God spoke to him and said, step out of the shadow. Now is your time. So here's the word of the Lord to you. Whatever has shaped your life until this moment does not have a claim on where the Lord wants to take you from here. Let me put this in a different lens. As I was studying this, this just came alive to my spirit in such a way that I knew the Lord was going to speak to some of you this morning. Some of you have been living in the shadow of individuals that have wronged you. In such a way that you have colored your whole life and the way that you feel about yourself because of what somebody else told you that you were like. Somebody has planted seeds into your psyche that you are worthless, that you will never measure up. Some of you have come from homes where your parents didn't love you in a proper way and may have said, you will never amount to anything. And the shadow of those words has covered your life to this point where you have hesitated in being obedient to God because you don't think you're worth his promise or his investment. Today I declare to you, your Moses is dead. Get out of the shadow and move on. Some of you, have been sitting here with the insecurity because of the divorces that you have gone through 
and you've lived your life in the shadow of that feeling that you do not measure up and that you are a failure and that nothing good can ever happen to you and today the Lord speaks to you your Moses is dead stand up and enter into the promise it's time to get out of the shadow of those who have covered you and colored your thinking about yourself your helplessness is gone your insecurity is gone and I have new promises for you some of you have come from addictive backgrounds where you thought that there would never be any hope or any help. And I want you to know today, the promises of God for you are for a complete deliverance that will set you free and put you on a new path. It's time for you to step out of the shadow of that Moses and step into the promises of God. Whatever has shaped your life until this moment no longer has any claim on where God wants to take you. And by faith today, I'm going to ask you to lay hold of God's plan and prevail over every Moses or other person in your past. Anything that might have been a negative or restrictive or intimidating or inhibiting, problematic or disappointing, today is your day. The Moses of your life is dead. It's time to walk in the new promises of God. And when God gets ready to do something new in your life, the greatest challenge for all of us is to know when to put away the past and start walking in newness. Now listen, God wants you to prevail over that memory. He wants you to prevail over that terrible experience or even the old glory days and move into his new plan. Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 to 14 state this, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Joshua, would never have reached the promised land, the prize of his life, unless he came to terms with the fact that it was time to move out of the shadow of Moses because Moses was dead and he had served his time. Do you need to receive that word this morning? If so, it's time to step up in faith and understand that you will prevail over your past as God leads you. And lastly, you've got to pursue God's promises. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise and go over this Jordan and you and all of this people to the land to which I am giving them. When God spoke to Joshua, he instantly knew that obtaining the promise was going to take work and faith and sacrifice and tenacity to see God's promise come to pass. Here's what you need to know today. God is not going to open every door for you and remove every obstacle on the way to the promise. He's going to ask you to join with him, tap into his strength and into his power, but you're going to have to work to see the promise of God come to pass in your life. And frankly, we as an American church have not had to work very hard for anything of the blessings that we have received. And so we come to a place... Well, when God spoke to Joshua, he looked up and the Lord told him, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to get up from here and you and these people are going to cross the river. Now, that sounds really good to us, but it wasn't one of those things that was running really low where they could hop from stone to stone. It was in flood stage and impossible 
from the eyes of a human perspective to cross, the currents could potentially sweep everyone downstream. And instantly there began to be a tension, and we're going to have to get used to this tension. And I'm preaching to myself as I'm preaching to you. There is a tension that arises when God leads us to have faith in something that we know is beyond us. And so we have a fear here and a faith that leads us here. And in the middle of that, there is a tension that we live in. The tension of, number one, did I really hear from God? Number two, God, what happens if you flake out on me? What happens if this fails? What happens, O Lord? And it's in those private times of kneeling before the Lord and seeking his face through the word of God when something will arise in the word that you need to underline and put a date beside it because the Lord is speaking to you so that he can speak courage to your soul in that moment and he can begin to confirm the very things that he's telling you about. Because God will orchestrate it so that your promise will be impossible to obtain without his help and his grace. Impossible to attain without his help and his grace. Faith will help you succeed. Fear will undermine God's promises. I'm going to ask the worship team to come and prepare themselves to lead us as I conclude this. Because some of you have heard from the Lord. Some of you have been hanging on to promises for a long time but you have been hanging on to them in the hand of fear rather than into the hand of faith. You're living and you have decided to dwell and stay in the land of tension, which brings you to inactivity. And the Lord is speaking and wants to speak to you through this series about beginning to step out in faith again and move forward. Because some of you are saying, Lord, it's flood season. Look at the obstacles out there. Can you not see what I see, God? Some of you are saying, Lord, I, I, I want to get married first. Lord, I, I need perfect timing. I need, I need all these things to like. There will never be a perfect time to step out in faith. Never be perfect. If it was, then the river would have dried up. But God said, I want you to cross it. I'll provide. You just get there. Sometimes we have to begin to take steps of faith before we see God's hand move. But that when we get there, the hand of God begins to work. Some of you are saying, I'm too old. I'm just old. I'll, I'll cheer on the young ones. Let me tell you something. Moses was 80 years old when God called. He called Saul of the Old Testament when he was out looking for a lost donkey. Called Peter when he was fishing. He speaks to you wherever you are in real life. Now's the time. God speaks at all stages. So some of you today are staring fear in the eyes. And today, the Lord wants to blow with his breath the shadow of your fear away so that you can see the promises of God. Would you stand with me as we sing, He's a good, good father together. I'm going to ask our prayer team if they would please come forward and prepare themselves as we sing this. And I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like But I've heard the tender whisper of love In the dead of night You tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never 
this course again here's what I'd like you to do we're a church that believes that in responding to the prompting of the spirit of the Lord within your heart there comes a release now I know that some of you have been living in shadows that have overwhelmed you and have taken your ability to even see that the promises of God could be possible for you and you have hunkered down just trying to survive I want you to know something As you take a step of faith today and you begin to make your way to the front to have somebody to pray with you, it's in that step of faith, I'm coming forward, I want somebody to pray with me, that God begins to unlock those chains. Unlock those chains. I'm going to ask our deacons if you would come, please, as well. And Cindy, if you would come, prepare to pray with people as they come. But as we sing this again, I'm going to ask you, if you've been living in a shadow, today Moses is dead. Get up and arise. I've got a new plan for you. I've got a new hope for you. I've got a new personality for you. I've got a new promise for you. I want to lead you in some things. You've sat there long enough without hope. It's time to inherit the promises of God. As we sing, won't you come? You're good, good Father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. God is calling us as individuals and us as a church to go on an adventure of faith that only He can lead and nobody else can fulfill but us. And I'm going to conclude in prayer and then I'm going to ask that if you've been here and maybe you've been hesitant because you didn't want to call attention to yourself, our prayer team will be here to minister to you. But there is strength that comes in having somebody grab you by the hands and begin an accountable prayer to say I am praying that this shadow departs from you so that the promises of God as sunshine can begin to saturate and warm your heart and your soul so Father I pray that in this simple word today that you would begin to take it and plant it deep within us Lord so many people have tried to dry out the garden of your promises Lord with words of hurt and we've stood in the shadows but today we pray that you would break that and that the sunlight of your presence would come and begin to reactivate growth within our life as we like Joshua stand up and step out of the shadow and step into the promises that you have given to us Lord let us live that way this week let us live with victory and hope as we pursue you with all of our heart in Jesus name we pray and everyone said amen and amen